protect the species so they don't die out. Um, because for a rhino in Africa is a dangerous place to try living as a rhino. So if you're a rhino, Africa's not a good place, even though it's where you're meant to be. So my advice, if you're a rhino, move to Australia. Come on, come on down. It's safer. You won't be shot by poachers. So growing spiritually. As you know, if you're part of our church, um, our theme for the year is, is to grow, or the word growing. And uh, spiritually, life sometimes can seem like being a rhino surrounded by poachers. There's poachers. This is a simulated image for training purposes only. No poachers were harmed in the production of this message. So, and they're yelling, rhinos! So I don't know if they really are poachers, but they, they simulated picture. And also, if you, if you want to hear any of the other messages on this, this is part four of our series on growing. So if you want to hear any of the others, you can look up our podcast on our website or whatever else you do uh, in those things to find messages. But they're all there. So today's part four, um, and, and it's growing in a hostile environment. So as I just mentioned about the rhinos, they're living in a hostile environment. But I want to give you some uh, keys today on how you can grow in a hostile environment in life. So uh, I want to pick up where we left off a couple of weeks ago, continuing uh, where we left off. Um, Genesis 2, I should have it here for you. Genesis 2 verse 5 and 6 says, For the Lord had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the, ant, all the land. Sorry. Now, what I want us to show you, going way back to Genesis, before people were even on the earth, before sin changed anything, God had a plan to water the earth from deep within. Something we just need to keep that thought. And I believe spiritually, when we regenerated by coming to Jesus Christ and making him our saviour, then we have uh, an abundance of life available to us that comes from deep within, that doesn't come from our natural surroundings, but comes directly from the source of God. So that's, what, that's where we, our platform to launch from today is Genesis 2. So before there was rain to water the earth, there were springs that watered the earth, uh, that weren't dependent on seasons. That's the, the key I want you to, to get into your spirit today is this water was not dependent on the season. So we have seasons today that we always live by and if we don't have the right season, then we don't have the rain. But these, this spring comes from deep within from another source. So finding deep spiritual sources of life that keep you healthy and growing, not dependent on the economy, or who's in government, but growing from a deep spring, not affected by the season. And so I really want to encourage you that we can discover a way, and hopefully today we give you some points of how you can uh, develop your life and continue to grow, even though the season around you says this shouldn't be happening, that you can't grow in this. But it's a great example of life by faith, living in spiritual depth. Let's turn to Jeremiah. 17 verses 5 to 6, and I've just sort of shortened it down a bit up there on the screen, but I'll read the whole scripture out to you. It's a great example of life by faith uh, with spiritual depth. And I hope that this year 
we can all look back and say, wow, I've, I've discovered some things and I've actually grown in my spiritual walk and I've developed things that I never knew were there. So Jeremiah 17 verse 5 and 6 says this in the New Living Translation. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. See, this is a description. It's a bit of a negative verse there, so hopefully we'll, we'll lift it from there. But this is a description of life, trusting in anything other than Jesus. And the results aren't good for you. It's like trying to grow in a hostile environment. It's, I think it's, it's a harsh environment for a rhino in Africa today. It's a, it's a, a place that is, is inhospitable, where you can't grow in. But uh, you'd be harassed by poachers and worried about everything that uh, life becomes all about just survival. Just how do I get through another day? But God doesn't want anybody to live under a curse, but to live in his blessing. So sometimes we, we think that God's all about cursing people. God's all about making life hard. No, God is all about trying to lift you beyond those things. And in the midst of your desert experience, you can actually keep growing. Wow, I love the response today. That's great. It says this, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8, if we move along a little bit. It says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. See, this is unnatural. This is, this is unprecedented like that, that a couple of seasons ago when Richmond won 11, 11 football games in a row. It was unprecedented. And we're yet to see it ever happen again. I'd like to see them do two, two in a row. We only need to talk about one football team here in church. Come to Jesus. He's the life giver, the source of life, the source of the deep springs that will keep you thriving in every environment. Be the people, be the church, be the person that taps into the deep waters. Bearing fruit is a product of maturity and maturity is a product of growing. Make your aim to grow into bearing spiritual fruit. You ought to be bearing spiritual fruit of some kind. See, Jesus said this, what I'm about to say, what I'm about to read to you, because he wants you to be a source of life and blessing to others. Have a look at this. John 7, verse 38. Jesus, this is the words of Jesus. Anyone who believes in me and uh, in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart or her heart. It's people's heart. Now, you need to get this. This is what I shared in, in the pre service prayer time. There will be no flow out of us until there has been a flow in. And you know, a lot of Christians live frustrated, live dry, live barren experiences in their spiritual walk, never produce an apple, never produce a pear, never produce 
uh, an artichoke because they're not letting Jesus in. They're not putting down that roots into that innermost, uh, innermost parts of their life. They're living with walls and barriers to the Holy Spirit, walls and barriers to the presence of God in their life, and they wonder why there's a dryness and a barrenness, and they think it's because of the church they're in. They think it's because of the place where they work. They think it's because of their family. They think it's because of all these reasons. But the thing is, if we let Jesus into the innermost part of our life, we're putting down a root uh, into, into a water stream, into a spiritual water stream that causes our life to flourish and we're bearing fruit in every season, despite of the season. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the Scriptures declare... Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So the key here, to have a river flow out of you, you've got to have a river flowing into you. And that river is the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus Christ himself wants to be shining out through you. In Acts 2, verses 40... Oh, sorry, I haven't got a, a thing there. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. I'll read it out to you. Because there's uh, so many powerful keys to growing... In this, in this little verse here. So just jot that down. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. It says this. All the believers, who, who, who believers, which believers? All. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals. Now, now, should we go to church or not? I'll just preach what the Bible says. I don't make this up. I just get it from the Word of God. Should we study the Word of God? Should we, should we do that? It says they were, all the believers were devoted to the apostles' teaching. It says um, that they were devoted to fellowship and to sharing in meals together. Is it, is it a, a special gift to have visitors in your house? If you're a Christian, it doesn't need a special gift. It says just do it. Invite the lonely. Invite the broken. Invite those who don't have friends. Invite people to your house. And sometimes we think, oh, I invited people, they never came. You're probably inviting people who aren't, who aren't lonely enough. Invite those who will come. How do we get on that? Anyway. Um, they, they, they were committed to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Now it says this, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. There's so much, that is such a loaded piece of scripture there. But the, the main thing I want us to, to just think of this morning, it says each day the Lord added to their fellowship. That is a, a symbol or a sign that church ought to be a growing place. And as we, as we put our roots down as individuals, then something you know, comes into us that flows out of us, that helps us to reach other people, that helps us to be the light of God that is attractive to the world and we'll find our church will explode. That, that the kingdom of God will grow because of what Jesus puts into us will come out of us and be a blessing to everything around us and everyone around us. So I want you to live desiring to grow 
desiring to always grow deeper in your spirit. Now, if you think, well, I'm, I'm already arrived, I'm, I'm here, I'm at the level, I want, to, I want you to think again, go down another level and, and God will show you things that you never saw before, that you've never experienced before, that you couldn't know before. Have you ever found that? Where sometimes in, in your spirit you think, well, I, I could never have known that I didn't know that. God just amazes me all the time with new things that in, in, in the Bible that I've read a, you know, so many times and suddenly a new, a new truth will be revealed in something I've read that I thought I knew. But that's living, desiring to grow always deeper in my spirit. And I want you to have a desire to always grow deeper in your spirit. See, I used to think my environment was, was stunting me. Because it's stupid family. My dad's not a pastor. My dad's got a fruit shop. What hope have I got? Not a spiritual environment. I used to remember, you know, where I worked, that uh, a construction site where, where I did my, my, I guess my secular world was, was on construction sites. I used to think my environment was stunting me because construction sites aren't a great place for encouraging people. You don't have many people saying, hey, good morning, how are you going? Sort of like, Ugh. don't talk to me. All those kinds of things. I thought if only I got out of there, I could grow so much better. And, so, and yeah, But it, it caused me to pursue after God with a hunger. Because I, I remember going to to church things and, and having incredible times on a weekend and thinking, oh, tomorrow's Monday. I have to go back, back to, to the mud, back to, the, to the, you know, all the, 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 the fun of a building site. It's cold in winter. It's hot in summer. There's mud. There's, there's you know, stuff everywhere. It's like chaos. And somehow out of all that, you, you build a building. But the, rea- the reality is, it's not about where you are, but what your source is. But I remember in that time, in particular times, I would, I would so desire to be close to God, I would find a church or a chapel somewhere that would be open in, in Melbourne and I would go to these chapels and I'd, I'd just sit there and, and, and pray. You know, you'd only have half an hour for lunch, you just try and get there as quick as you can, miss your lunch just because I wanted to be in the presence of God. But the reality is it's not about where you are but what your source is. And I came across some men... Um, who changed my perspective on the construction site. They were Greek evangelicals who just loved Jesus and got on with it. They went to this Greek evangelical church, whatever that is, I don't know, but, but these guys, were, they would tell everyone about Jesus, they would witness all the time, they had, it just seemed like they had such a depth of love for God and a wisdom about everything. And they're in the same environment as me. But I'll tell you what, I loved having that experience, that time in my life with those guys. They were literally lights in the darkness. And that's exactly what God wants you to be wherever you are, is to be the light. You, you might think, what difference do I make in my family? Be the light difference. You might be saying, well, what difference am I going to make in, in, in the place where I work? Be the light difference. Shine out for God. See, Daniel... In the Bible, he's an example of growing in a hostile environment. Now, we've got to understand Babylon, was there was nowhere more hostile or ungodly for someone who believed in God. 
who's someone who, who was a believer in the living God. There was, there, I don't think there, there ever has been or ever will be anything as hostile to a believer than Babylon. Such an ungodly, you know, uh, wicked place. But I want to show you some points here from Daniel that allowed him to grow in the most hostile environment. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. It says, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done giving thanks to his God. See, the law that had just been passed or just been signed made it illegal to pray to any other God except to the king of Babylon. And the rule was anyone who breaks that rule, who prays to any other God or any other thing except for the king of Babylon for a whole month was to be thrown to the lions. And then we get the story of Daniel in the lion's den, which everybody seems to know. Daniel hears the, 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 the other members of parliament come to Daniel's house and say, hey, guess what? The king just signed a law. If you pray to God, you're going to be put to the lions. We're going to kill you. Daniel goes home, opens the window, kneels down like what he always does, begins to cry out to God, begins to call out to God. says, well, God, Maybe I'm going to meet you a lot sooner than I thought, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. And he gets arrested. But I want to give you some uh, key things here to growing in a hostile environment. And I want to tell you something. We read the stories and think, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. But you know what? That's, this is a, a, a perfect example of thriving in a hostile environment. Number one, we see in the scripture there, as usual. He went, out, he went down, as usual, in his upstairs room. So you've got to develop the discipline of daily devotion to Jesus. Daniel, as usual, his every day made space for God in his life. So the question is, what's your as usual? What's your as usual? Does your, as usual, look like uh, watch TV, search eBay, catch up on Twitter, uh, all those other things that we do, they're our as usuals, but add to your as usual time with Jesus. That's what Daniel did. Maybe you can create some new as usuals in your life. I don't know how that will work for you, but you need to find a way that says, I have to make a new as usual in my life that I include Jesus in my as usual day. So that means you might find time like Daniel did to pray as usual. That means you might have to say, I'm going to turn off the computer as I usually do at this time so I can spend time with God. And I'll tell you something, you might think, well, why is life so, so complicated? Why is life so difficult? You need to change your as usuals and let Jesus be usual in your life. The second thing is he prayed. See, prayer is so important and I think so neglected in, in, in our lives. He prayed 
Because prayer is a connect point to heaven that despite what else is going on, our most important connection is with heaven. So, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, some people, it really, it really sort of gets me in a spin sometimes when people say, oh, I asked so-and-so to pray for me because their prayers are so powerful. No, they're not. That, I might as well believe in crystals then. Because your prayer, prayed in faith, will be just as powerful. You know, it's good to get others to pray with you and believe. say, hey, can you pray with me? Because sometimes it's good to share a heavy burden. But you know what? Your prayer is just as precious to Jesus when you start to say, God, you know, we've got to transfer our prayers from crisis to all the time. And a lot of time we think, oh, you know, because we don't, we don't practice praying and d- developing the relationship until we're hit in the head with a crisis. And then we think, oh, Jesus, 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 oh, I better get her to come and pray for me. We've got to, we've got to grow in our spiritual development where we're saying, as usual, my time is with Jesus and I'm developing that friendship, that relationship, that trust in God in small things first and then I'm finding that I can handle and take on much bigger and bigger challenges. So one day a a huge challenge turns up and you just go, you know what, I'm not even going to lose sleep over this. I'm not even going to bother about this. I'm going to get on my knees and say, Jesus, will you deal with this for me? That's called maturity. That's called growing. That's called developing. And that's available for you today and every day. So I want to encourage you with that. I'm not saying, hey, don't go to others and and ask them to help pray with you. Sometimes we need that support. Sometimes we need that comfort. But I tell you something, don't fall for for the lie that their prayers are going to be better than yours. And if anyone says, oh, well, I'll pray because I'm a little bit more superior than you, then forget about it. The third thing, I'll put them up there for you. Giving thanks. Daniel gave thanks. Daniel's surrounded by every type of evil. He's a captive. He's in exile. We, we read the story of Daniel. He's not a free man. Now, he's serving the king of Babylon because of an incredible gift on his life. But you know what? He's still basically a slave. He can't go where he wants, when he wants. He's, he's, he's a captive in Babylon and his whole life is controlled by the Babylonian system. He's serving as a bond servant or a slave, basically. But he's surrounded by every type of evil as a captive in exile in Babylon. But he always finds something to give thanks for. He always finds something to give thanks for every day when he prays, three times a day. I'll tell you what, if we can, if we can develop an a attitude in our spirit, something deep within that goes down, that finds ways to give thanks from God, I, I'll go so bold to say mental health issues will start to flee from your life. And you can throw away the pills and you can throw away the dependencies because you're going into a deeper life source that changes everything around you. The reality is, it's not about where you are, but what your source is. Daniel had a different life source that sustained him. And if you read the whole story in the book of Daniel, he served up to five different kings and always survived to survive the next, the next king. Different, three different kingdoms that he served under. So that um, 
he always found himself being blessed and being honoured and being used by the next king and the next kingdom because of his, his spirit and his relationship. He's not worrying about the government. His source goes deep into, into God himself. And it's coming out and he's bearing fruit in every season, no matter what. In this way, Daniel was getting his life source deep from the blessing of God, despite where he was. See, Daniel knew it was like literally to be living with poachers all around him, surrounded by poachers, those who want to kill him. He's more nervous than a rhino in Africa. See, Jesus describes very well the life among poachers or life among a hostile environment. In Mark chapter 4, verse 16, it's the story of the seeds and the soils. Who's heard that story? Give me a wave. Jesus spoke about a farmer went out one day to scatter seeds and we're not going to look at the whole story, just this one little part of it. It says the seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. So what I want you to get here right now is if you don't have deep roots into something deeper, something more, more sustainable, you won't last long in this spiritual journey. God doesn't want you to have a, a, just a, a short time. He wants you to have a long time that lasts into eternity with him. And it says they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. I want to tell you something. When you make that step in following Jesus, there'll always be a poacher nearby who's going to say, I'm going to take you out. Because the devil doesn't want you to be in relationship with Jesus. Satan doesn't want you to be in victory in your finances. He doesn't want you to be in victory in your mental health. He doesn't want you to be in victory in your body, in your health. He doesn't want you to have victory in your marriage. So he's going to be trying every way he can when you start to put your roots down into Jesus, when you start to commit yourself to the house of God, when you start to be in the place where you can grow and thrive, he's going to send a poacher along to try and take you out. The point here is don't allow yourself to fall away from the most important part of life. Beat the poachers and put your roots deep to a source that is not dependent on the season but is all the time, bearing fruit all the time. In Mark 4 verse 20, it talks about, but some seed fell on good soil and produced a huge harvest. So I want to tell you today, cultivate the soil of your life for spiritual growth every day. You think, well, how am I going to do that? You know, you, you need to find ways. Sometimes you might find what works for you is you, you find some worship music and you somehow worship God. Um, some people just love to get their Bible and read. Uh, I'm saying maybe it's a combination of all of them. But you've got to do something every day as usual to feed your soul, to feed your spirit, to feed the inner person, to make it grow. Because we're, we're in a spiritual zone every day. We just don't realize it. God wants to nourish into your spirit. I want to pray for people this morning. So perhaps if we can 
just close our eyes and prepare ourselves. Maybe we can just stand, I think. And perhaps you're here today and um, you know what it's like to be living with the poachers. But you know, you've survived. You think I've had so many attacks in my life, so many, so many different things have come against me, but, but I'm still here, I've survived. Well, you've survived because God will use you to lift others that are facing challenging times. Whatever the challenges you've faced, God wants to, God says, well, I've, I've helped you to survive because I want you to help others to survive and to get through this. In Joel 2, verses 25, it says, the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. I'm not going to read the whole rest of that, that verse there. But the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. So I want to tell you today, you might be thinking, but I've lost in life. I've lost so much. Um, I've been oppressed. I've been attacked. I've, I've never found walking with God too easy or too straightforward. It's always been a bit of a struggle, always been a bit of a battle. But the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. So I want to tell you today, God wants to put into your life and, and whatever you've lost, God wants to give you back His blessing, His best, His purpose, better than you could even imagine for yourself. Perhaps you're facing down some poachers right now. God is with you. Don't give up or run. Just put your roots down deeper. You don't have to run. You know, it, it, it's sort of a pattern that some people have in their lives where when pressure comes, when things seem to, to, to start getting a little bit hard, they run away. When you're a believer in Jesus, it's not time to run, it's time to stand when, when enemies come at you and you put your roots down. You say, God, I'm, I'm standing on your word right now. I'm going to take a drink from the well. I'm going to be strong in you and I'm going to bear fruit through this oppressive season. So you just want to get, perhaps you just want to get your source down deep and want Jesus to come close to you today. Then I want to give you opportunity for that. And, and uh, I know, Beth, if you can sing us something nice. I, I just feel right now that we need to lay hands on people and we need to encourage people today and we need to uh, allow people to have a drink from the, the deep water sources of God, like we saw in Genesis, that, that came up every day to water the earth. That's a pattern before sin. And what Jesus comes is he deals with our sin and he takes us back to that place like before sin ever entered the world and said, you can put your roots down into something deeper, into something more solid, into something more reliable that will cause you to bear fruit all day, every day, in every season, no matter what it is, you'll stay green, you'll stay fruitful, and you'll stay blessed. So I want to pray with you today. So I'm just going to, uh, as a musician, sing with us. I'm just going to invite you to come and ask Jesus to come and uh, just say, Lord, I want, to, I want to go deeper. I want to break through. I want to, I want to live beyond the poachers that have always been uh, against me in my life. If that's you today, I'm just going to invite you to come. And I'll, I'll have a few of our team here will come and help me pray with you. But we're going to just believe for life to be fruitful so that you can multiply, so that you can be blessed. Thank you. Just come. Just come.